Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alrighty, welcome back to episode 106 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, presented by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And shout out to Belly Up for helping us um, get this big announcement. But I think we could call this our first official sponsor of the podcast. But uh, we are sponsors, affiliates, whatever you call it, of Blue Coolers. Um, if you guys haven't haven't uh, heard of them or checked them out. You can find the link in our bio. We'll obviously tweet it out with this episode. That's pretty cool. They have a lot of stuff out there. Basically, think like Yeti material coolers, but they have one that has fucking wheels on it. And I personally own a Yeti. Um, I'm going to own a blue probably too. The biggest pain in the ass about the Yetis and those like big bulky, even Arctic coolers is that they don't have wheels, but blue has one that has wheels. So it's pretty cool. Um, I want to say if have wheels now a lot of them are starting to come around but yeah check them out they're essentially the same thing uh obviously lesser costs um so like your other brands but no uh drop off of quality so check those out they have cups everything you could ever want i guess in a cooler company so check those out It'll be a good gift coming up for valentine's day birthday present whatever they're doing free shipping right now on $35 orders. So if you want to try them out, be a perfect time. There you go. Yeah, like Travis said, Valentine's Day coming up. So if you want to drop a little hint to your spouse, I don't know if a lot of females are listen, listen to this show, but if they do, check that out. But if you want to drop a hint to your wife, fiance, girlfriend, whatever it is, make a great Valentine's Day gift, birthday gift coming up. Like Travis said, free shipping on $35 um, on any order over $35. Link in bio and we'll also tweet it out and put it on the socials as well. With that being said, we're going to dive in. Um, again, that's Blue Coolers. Um, we're going to dive in, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Got a loaded show for you. Had a big three-day stretch of football that just happened with super wild card weekend in the NFL. The first time we ever had six games um, on an, on a playoff weekend in the NFL. And uh, let's kick it off there. Let's just go and order the games, Travis. Uh, don't have to like be anything super specific. Uh, but let's kick it off. So Saturday, we had the first game of the weekend. It was Bills and Colts. So um, Travis and I are talking. Not a lot of teams impressed us this weekend. Yeah, this was probably, honestly, my favorite game to watch. The rest of them, like, I, I mean, maybe another game in there was interesting to watch. But this one was by far and away best, most controversial. It's always fun. This just started the horrid job that, that the refs did all weekend long. Terrible. Nobody knew what was going on, how to work anything. Uh, but this game, they seemed like exceptionally bad over all the other ones. Um, outside of that, people can blame on the refs or whatever they want. But the Bills, or I'm sorry, not the Bills, but the Colts killed themselves. Their coaching Colts, yep. shot themselves in the foot. 
horrible coaching decisions. Yeah, Frank Reich deciding not to kick a field goal on fourth and goal when at that point in the game, I don't remember they were up how three. they were what? They were up three. The Colts were up three or the Bills? The Colts were up three. It was 10-7. Yeah, I mean, you you have to take the points there. and Because then the point. Bills drove down and scored that touchdown right before half. That's right, and they covered your, your, your minus four. You're right, you're right, yep. So you have to take the points there. I mean, that's just – and it came down to that field goal. And then ultimately, like Travis said – this just kicked off a weekend of horrid officiating. I, I tweeted out from my personal account. I know we tweeted out from the podcast account, but NFL officiating, you've got to figure it out for this weekend. This cannot continue, especially on through the Super Bowl. You know, you've made it thus far, this far in a year that no one thought you would. COVID was going to ravage your season, but we were here. Let's figure the fuck out. The, the, the non-calls on the, delay, on the delay of games for Phillip Rivers, I get he's a veteran. You need to give him a little bit, but – there were some times when it was like one or two seconds after it hit zero before they snapped so, the ball. Yeah, and then they brought they would bring in uh, Mike Pereira, I think, is who they brought in for this game. And they were like, because it was very well known on the broadcast and all throughout social media that these delay of games, I mean, there was at least four that I counted. A lot of them resulted in big gains. Uh, but I think Mike Pereira ended up saying that, you know, the NFL refs have, like, they've been doing this. And by the time they'll, like, look at they'll be looking at the play clock and they'll see it like tick down from one so you get like a half second to maybe a full second before they can look to see if the ball snapped i'm like you mean to tell me that a ref can't be looking at the ball can't get in position to look at the ball or the play and then in his peripherals see the play clock in the background that right there shows you how old and senile these fucking refs are not even not only that it's just like okay you're a multi-billion dollar industry let's throw another ref on the field we all we already have too many but whatever if, if this can prevent it throw another ref on the field have him up until the ball is snapped watch that fucking play clock like his one job is to watch that play clock i don't know where you put him maybe you put him in the backfield i don't know behind the quarterback on the side on, on another line judge whatever but his one job up until the ball is snapped is to watch the play clock. And then for that, watch something else, like watch the line of scrimmage, watch for other penalties, and you can participate that way. Just throw another ref out there because that wasn't the only game that happened, and I can't remember, I think it might have been the Tampa Bay-Washington game where Tom Brady got a little bit of leeway. Yeah, I mean, I saw it a few other times, but this one was by far and away the worst. I, I think another way that you can maybe solve this or help be more accurate, uh, similar to baseball, how umpires have – you know, that little device keeps balls and strikes. Why doesn't the back judge or the umpire, whoever the fuck the person is behind the quarterback have like a little timer that resets on the play clock. Like they all wear those watches, like have one that Why vibrates. They have like a handheld timer. Yeah. Have a, that vibrates whenever it hits zero. Yeah. I mean, there's something you got to figure out because that one, like I understand, like, like, like you said, Travis, like giving them like a little bit of leeway, but there were times when it was like a second or two pass. I mean, we had everyone on Twitter chiming in on it. And then uh, again, you know, there were some calls that didn't go the Colts way either. I know there's that one touchdown where the linemen were downfield um, a little bit. That was questionable. Uh, what was another big questionable call in that game? The, no, the one that a lot of people thought was uh, Gabriel Davis's on that drive down where they scored the touchdown before half, his foot being out of bounds. It was called a catch on the field, and it was way entirely too close to yeah, be overturned. And that's my thing. Like they called it a catch on the field. There was nothing there to overturn it. 
not because I bet on the Bills because I ended up losing at the end of the day. But even if that if that pass was called incomplete, I would be like, yeah, that's an incomplete pass. But if it since it was called a catch, I'm like, yeah, it's a catch. It's like, a similar situation. We'll talk about this game a little bit later. But to the national championship on Monday night, where uh, that guy caught that touchdown on the goal line and they ruled it down at the one on the play had they ruled that a touchdown they wouldn't have reversed it because it was that close yeah, yeah but since they ruled down the one they didn't reverse it bills and colt bills and colt so bills obviously won um they're my pick to win the super bowl uh, they're gonna really need, gonna need to step it up this weekend because they just they were out front big and just let the Colts. they were up by two touchdowns at one point and let the colts back in it next yeah, game is very spotty yeah next game uh, on saturday was rams and seahawks and I had Rams plus four. I and I was gonna put money on a money line. I didn't do it. I just like the Seahawks have been trending downward all season long, and but I did not expect it to be that bad. Yeah, as a former St. Louis Rams fan, you should be ashamed of yourself. I don't care what I wanted to pick. I could never root for the Rams. But either regardless, Russell Wilson horrible back end of the season. Horrible game on Saturday. Like I'm talking. He looked like he just looked shitty. Dude, that screen 11 of 27. That, he was 11 of 27. That's bad. That screen pass that ended up for a pick six. Like, and like, I that's what pissed. I even I tweeted this out again. I said, I will never understand forcing a, a player into the offense because they're pissed off. DK Metcalf was mad. He was infuriated. And they tried to force him into the offense on, by getting him going on a screen pass. And look what happened. Now, granted, he did end up having two touchdowns and 100 plus yards, but still, I mean, that pretty much cost him the game. That was a huge momentum swing. Rams went up. What was it at that point? Uh, 13 to three, or something so like. I have no idea yeah. what the score was at that point, but I mean, DK Metcalf just has to understand and learn how to be a better team player. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I feel like it's because of him. Why? Not necessarily exactly, but it has probably has a factor in there of why they've their offense fell off in the back end of the season. Like Tyler Lockett at the beginning of the year when they were doing well was thriving in that offense. DK was thriving in that offense. But as soon as they started just targeting him and only him and how can we get the ball deep to DK, you just start cutting everyone else out of the equation and the defenses know who to focus on. And the Rams, obviously with Sean McVay, know how to do that, know yeah. how to adjust to things like that. So Good for them. They lost and they deserve to lose because Pete Carroll's a shitty coach. Yeah, I mean, the Rams defense looks great. Unfortunately, I think they're going to run to a buzzsaw this weekend with the Packers. We'll talk about that in DeGeneres Digest. So Rams, Seahawks, not much of a game. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team, a lot better of a game than many thought would be. Um, Bucks pushed if you got a minus eight, which we did. So it wasn't a loss, but it wasn't a win. So whatever. What I thought was interesting in this game, Taylor Heineke, man, shout out to him. I mean, the dude played out of his fucking mind. I mean, absolutely played like that one touchdown where he like ran and jumped and lunged for the pylon in the end zone. I mean, that's just, that was a dude put, putting the team on his back. Yeah. I mean, I, I will give him credit. He did ball out, but if you're the bucks, that's quite embarrassing. Like, honestly, uh, you're a playoff team. You're a good team. You're playing a seven and nine Washington football team with their, I'm pretty sure at this point, Taylor Heineke was like their fifth string quarterback. Well, they had. You have Haskins, Alex. Smith, Kyle Allen. Uh, and then I think, I guess Heineke would have been their fourth string. Well, 
I don't know. All throughout the game, they're talking about how two months ago he was go. He went back to finish his degree at, at Old Dominion, and he was in classes like a couple months ago. And I mean, Pat Pat said Pat McAfee said something on the show this week. He goes, he goes, who 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 was the fucking scout in that quarterback room for the St. Louis Battlehawks because they need a job in the NFL. He goes because they had Jordan Ta'amu, who's pro, who was the XFL MVP and T- and Taylor Heineke was the backup. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I mean the fact that he didn't even play in the XFL, came to the NFL in a playoff game and made it a game for a shitty team. Bucks got to step it up if you want to stand any chance against the Saints. I think the Saints saw that and they're just drooling over what they can do with Taysom Hill this week. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Talk about the Saints. Um, yeah, but let's let's round out. Let's go into Sunday. Obviously, Bucks are going to have to improve. Go ahead. And Sunday, I think, was Ravens-Titans. This was a boring but also fun game to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the, what the Ravens did were able to do on defense, Derrick Henry, 18 carries for four incredible in my eyes meanwhile Lamar Jackson 16 for 136 yards Ravens are hitting their stride I know it took them a little bit to get it in this game but they really do look good on all both sides of the ball yeah they really do I mean whenever because me and Travis both had Ravens minus three which hit by the way um just want to throw that out there we uh when when Lamar Jackson busted off it was like third and something and like third and eight and he busts off that 50-yard touchdown. I was like, dude, this motherfucker can't throw an out route for shit, but holy fuck is he faster than hell. Yeah, he's going to – I think his legs are going to give the Bills some fits. Uh, I mean, he he's finding that. 16 carries for 136 yards, that's insane. Finally won his first playoff game, so give him props to that. Yeah. Um, At 24 years old, which I don't know why people were calling him – we used, I mean, we still are kind of Lamar haters, but I'm starting to turn around to the guy a little bit just because 24 years old. I mean, he can't throw for fuck, but he can. It doesn't matter when you when you can run like that. Yeah, if he can just learn how to control forcing the ball places, yep. he'll be a lot better. Is like, that's all I'm saying. That, also, they started really slow, something they're not going to be able to do this weekend. Yep. If they, if they want to have seen any chance against the Bills, they're going to have to come out scoring, not allow scores, like, quick. Because the Titans scored 10 points fast. Yeah, and then they let off the gas. Like, again, I think this all goes back to the Titans coaching. Um, they also punted when they shouldn't have punted at one point in the game, I feel like. It was fourth down or something like that. I just feel like Mike Vrabel made some very questionable coaching decisions in that game. I can't remember exactly what it was. Because I was so hype in the moment, focused on the Ravens covering. Um, I knew that was going to happen, though. Titans are frauds. Tannehill's a fraud. Uh, if they think they're going to get that easy of a win, and if they think they can only score 20 points to beat the Bills, they are sadly mistaken. You mean the Ravens? If the Ravens think they can only oh, score 20 yeah. points to beat the Bills, they're sadly mistaken. Yeah, they, they probably won't be able to do that. But if their defense plays the way they did uh, on Sunday, they should be in a good spot because the Ravens' defense – didn't know this allows the second least touchdowns per game 2.2 which is low you know who allows the first uh, the rams 2.1 yeah i kind of could figured that but i still think i'm gonna call it right now before we jump into into later on talking about divisional rounds i think the ravens bills and well 
the bet the two back to the Saturday night game and the first game on Sunday to me are going to be the, the two most that I'm looking forward to Ravens, Bills, Browns, Chiefs. Um, I think Rams Packers are going to suck. and I think Buck Saints is going to be kind of a snoozer. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah. Uh, on to the next game on Sunday, which honestly, I didn't think Sunday's games were all that good. Like Jared said, the Ravens-Titans game was like interesting, but also kind of boring. This next game, very, very boring. Oh, time out, time out. Before we jump into that one, what did you think after uh, Marcus Peters intercepted that ball and went and danced at midfield on the Titans logo? Do you like oh, that or hate it? What? I like it. I don't care. Go for it. I mean, well, play better. Do you? Yeah. Do you know why they? Do you know why they they did that? Uh, it had something to do with earlier on in the season. So whenever the Titans went to Baltimore, the pregame they came out were like dancing all over their logo. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I've never been a big like super stickler on dancing the lo- on the logos and stuff because I'm like, get the fuck over it. If you don't like it, then play good on the field and you don't have to worry about it. I just thought uh, it was hilarious because you guys all know we're Miami Dolphins fans. So is my wife and her and her father. Um, we've watched Ryan Tannehill for a long time, and she we were in a bracket pick him, and she picked a bracket and she picked a Titans. And she was like, when Ryan Tannehill threw that interception, she was watching him. She goes, "I fucking knew I shouldn't have trusted Ryan Tannehill. He sucks." Yeah, I mean, he's had a good season. He's done well with him. Can't knock him for that. But but why would he throw that ball? Like if you go back and look at the replay, there was one Titans guy and four Ravens defenders right there. Yeah, it was not not a good decision. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to well, Saints. The next today. game, the Saints and Bears, the game that was broadcast um, on Nickelodeon, which might have been the more most entertaining part of, part of the game. Yeah, that's about it. Like, got got some giggles out of it, and I mean, I'm sure little kids thought it was cool, but some of the announcers were just. I get it. <laughs> um, it's yeah. for kids, which is cool, but at the same time. I could not watch a game like that all the time because there was way too much shit going on. There was a lot, but again, it's, 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 uh, it was meant to get, you know, kids involved in the game because everyone knows that youth football participation in America is declining. Um, I think they did a cool thing. I hope they do it more often, to be honest with you. Like maybe next season they can do it. Like maybe every, I don't know, maybe the Sunday night game could be broadcast on Nickelodeon or maybe like a Sunday, Sunday afternoon game. But I thought it was kind of cool. That was the best part of the game. It was boring. Um, Mitch Trubisky didn't play horrible, but the whole entire game changed when that fucking stupid whims guy dropped that dime. I mean, Trubisky threw an absolute dime to him in the end zone, 50 yards out, and he's dropped. How, I'm pretty that sure guy's an absolute play. moron because that's the guy that got in that fight with the Saints last time, remember? Yep. When yep. he tried to snatch the chain off him and they – whacked him in the face like an idiot yeah that that kid just needs to just needs to quit football because obviously after that horrible but other than that like their their play calling was horrendous it's like maggie had to put had the sheet again because they weren't getting the ball to Allen robinson Allen robinson had four targets heading heading into like the second to last drive in the game yeah 
Um, the guy that needs to be catching 10 passes a game. Yeah, which is prop um, on receptions over five and a half hit by some garbage time. But um, another thing is the Saints didn't impress me in that game because they could not – like the Bears had three points going into the – like pretty much to the final drive of the game. They And they didn't really put it away till about seven, eight minutes left. The Saints should have buried the Bears – well before the fourth quarter, the way they were playing. I feel like that's how that's the same thing as how that Bucks Redskin or Bucks football team game was, though, man. Like, I don't know if it's just they just don't want to put it all out on the line, or if they, I don't know. Just the, the conservative play calling has been there all year long for every team. I will say that. Yeah, and the more I think about it, I'm actually am a little bit excited for that Bucks Saints game just because it features you know it's the first NFL playoff game ever to feature two starting quarterbacks over the age of 40. Wow. What a stat with the wind at 10 miles an hour, slightly to the Southeast. I mean, that's pretty like how many fucking people over 40 have started an NFL playoff game. That is crazy. That's wild. Um, Last game one, nobody in their right mind could have ever predicted Brown Steelers. uh, Is it Marquise or is it Mike? It's Marquise Marquise, but I have some insight. It wasn't like, so the reason why apparently he oversnapped that first ball is because they started was seven foot tall. Yeah. Well, they started some like right guard or so one of the guards came in right or left that hadn't like didn't play all that often. And for some reason they started him in this playoff game. So he was and he'd be getting whooped all week at practice or some shit like that. So Pouncey was worried that he had to fucking get over and help and help him. And apparently on the on the replay, you can see when he snaps it, like right, like right as he's snapping, he's already going to help the guy to the right or left or whatever the fuck it is to help him out, block his guy. So I'm not blaming. I'm not saying like he's totally not. Hey, well, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you block him if you fucking snap the ball like that. Well, James <laughs> Connor didn't fucking give zero. Gave Cam Newton super zero ball. effort. Cam Newton super ball football. Effort. People are like, oh, Big Ben could jump on. I'm like. Do you want Big Ben jumping on that ball or a five foot nine James Conner jumping on that ball? I think I'll take James Conner with the hands, but still, like that can't you cannot snap the ball that far over his head. Change the complexity of the whole game. I would go as far as saying that that potentially lost the game. All momentum right there out the window. Well, if it wasn't then, then the next next drive when you come out, I think it was that's when they threw in the near, when he threw one of his four interceptions, and then they go down and score. That it was either that or that giant ass fucking forty yard fucking touchdown to Jarvis Landry. That either that fumble or after they got the interception through that big big ass pass to Jarvis Landry, I'm like that's blouse's ball game. Yeah, it was horrible. I mean, the fact that they even came back and made it kind of close is just crazy enough on its own but big ben four picks against the brown secondary who by the way was without i think two like of their key pieces in secondary still threw four picks i think it's time for big ben to hang up the shoes baker met one of his offensive linemen in the locker room before the game this guy ended up coming in the fourth quarter when one of the guards got hurt they were just like so thin so i felt dirty me and travis had steelers minus six the only reason why we took that line is because they were without their head coach all week. They were without some key players on, on the secondary. They were thin offensive line, but I know we are, I'm sorry to all the Browns fans. Cause I actually like the Browns. I like Baker. I like John. Yeah, I mean, I've rooted for him for the last 
you know, two, three years. I have a Baker fucking jersey yeah. hanging in my closet. I did not want to root for the Steelers. I mean, I picked them in my bracket. I, I bet on them. So obviously I'm going to root for them. But I am happy now looking back after it that it's in the past that the Browns won. Are the Browns legit though? We'll talk about know. that. I mean, uh, so we're going to do the, the, the Generous Digest a little bit differently this week. We're not going to pigeonhole ourselves into picking a line in each game. We're going to talk about all the games, the lines, shit like that. Then we're going to just give you our picks, and we can like spread them across whatever. But to me, like the Browns-Steelers game was what was fun to watch uh, just because of the sheer amount of points that were scored in it. Um, I quit watching at halftime. Something was, told me like – Ulu the rest of the night for me. Something told me that the Steelers were going to climb back in, and they did, but they just never could – could get there. So uh, wild card weekend, I would say it was pretty good. We, we saw some good football going forward. I, I was less than impressed. Like Sunday, I was like super excited on Sunday to sit down and watch football. At the end of the day, I was like, I just fucking wasted my entire day watching three games that I was not really all that excited about. Well, the Ravens Titans game, like you, like I said, was boring, but it was exciting because you had those big chunk plays, the Marlon, uh, not the Marlon Humphrey, the uh, Marcus Peters interception where they dance on the logo. Yeah, I guess I can't re- I can't knock that game because it was close and it was good. But the other one, the Saints Bears, like that just like lulled me to sleep. And then the Brown Steelers right away, like you said, the Browns went up twenty eight nothing in the first like seven minutes of the game. So it was kind of predictable the rest of the way. But anyway, it's a wild card weekend. Divisional weekend's coming up. Got a lot of big games. We'll talk about those. Let's talk about the national championship game, the college football national championship game that happened last night um on uh, january 11th and bama jesus this was no surprise to anyone who wasn't an ohio state fan i mean bama unmatched best team in college football this year are they saw this going on around a lot are they the best team ever in college football no man i don't think so i i think the only reason and I'm not going to say that they're not. I think the only reason that there's some discrepancy is because Bama's secondary, not even Bama's secondary, Bama's defense is fucking horrible. Their defensive line is atrocious. Dude, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was 07. The 07 Florida Gators to me is like probably the best team of all time. But I will say that Bama's offense might be the best offense in college football. Yeah, I mean – Definitely. It, w- it was amazing. And shout out Steve, Steve Sarkeesian. He obviously did a good job. Got that. Um, got the Texas job after being a booze bag in, in LA and losing his head coaching position at USC. But I mean, we're going to talk about best college football team of all time. I mean, I, Travis, I just want to rip off some of the, uh, let me see if I can find a depth chart. Let me see a grid. Hold on. Oh, I know. I know who is on the team. I'm just saying, Watching this Bama team, they could score on literally anyone at any given moment. Yeah, so here. I, I did not give enough credit for what he was able to do this year. But, I mean, whatever, Devonta, Devonta Smith was out or Jalen Waddle was out, he would find an open receiver. I mean, it was just. is insane. It was insane. But, yeah, I mean, the best college football team of all time, I don't think so. Now let's talk about the other side of the coin, Ohio State. Um, I mean, I I called it from day one. Um, now they did they did be. I you guys have if you guys are loyal listeners, you know I've slandered the Big Ten so much for starting the season late, allowing Ohio State to be in the in in the Big Ten championship game with only having five games under their belt. Yes, they came in, they beat Clemson, 
but this is a weird year. Trevor Lawrence didn't get to play the whole season. Uh, There's a few calls in that game that maybe switched the momentum. I just knew – I told Travis this on Monday. I was like, I am so confident in Alabama winning this game. It's not even funny. Yeah, I mean, I get – yeah, like you said, I get Ohio State beat Clemson. But – which, who knows, that could have been a fluke game. But they did not belong there. They, they did not belong in that game. That was the same score of the game that Texas A&M played against Alabama at Alabama for like the second week of the season. A&M could have put up a better game. I think Oklahoma could have made that a way better game. But, and then, but even Cincinnati could have made that a better game. But at the end of the day, I mean, they would have been the four seed anyway. I mean, Ohio State did, did what they had to do. They beat the three seed. No, I'm not saying they, yeah. they didn't. I just don't. I don't think there was any team out there that was going to compete with Alabama this year. I mean, no, like, there wasn't. I mean, there wasn't yeah. at all. Like I just said, said they're unmatched. But we did finally see Justin Fields. Not even finally, but everyone came to their senses after that Clemson game that Justin Fields is not this almighty, godly quarterback that everyone thought he was. So two things. I have two things about Justin Fields that I notice. I do. I think he'll be a good quarterback in the NFL. Yes. Do I think he's going to win you a Super Bowl in the NFL? No. He's going to be like Kyler Murray, except he's like Kyler Murray. There's two traits against Kyler Murray that I think Kyler Murray's better on, better with his legs. Justin Fields is afraid to use his legs. Doesn't use them near as often as he should. And well, two, Kyler Murray is way quicker. Yeah. And two, I think Justin Fields is a better precision passer than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray cannot hit a guy when he's like sitting down in the zone triple coverage or hit him on the boundaries. I told you this earlier, Travis. That's one thing that Justin Fields showed me last night that was impressive. He can throw the ball to the boundaries and get, get to his receivers close. Kyler Murray can't, but I just, that's what I think he is. I think he's Kyler Murray 2.0 with not as good speed and a little bit better accuracy. That's it. Yeah. Justin Fields looked a lot like Tua did in, in college. Uh, you know, use his legs when he wanted to could throw the ball down the field but how that's going to translate to the NFL, who knows? Could be more scared, could not want to move the ball down the field. At the end of the day, I think we finally, like, we know now that Justin Fields is not QB2 heading into the NFL draft. I, I don't think so anyway. So we were talking about this today, Travis, but we'll talk about it now. We can see, like, obviously we'll do our draft episode, but what do the Jets do at two? Because obviously Trevor Lawrence is number one. Like depending on who they hire, which I'm hearing a lot of rumblings now. Apparently, Doug Doug Peterson has connections with the Jets brass. Like he's really really good friends with like the the, the higher ups at, at, in the Jets organization. That he could be the coach there. So I think if Doug Peterson gets hired, I see a, leg- a legitimate chance that the Jets keep Sam Darnold. I have no idea what they're going to do with Sam Darnold. If not, they're going to trade him for something. Somebody is going to pick up Sam Darnold. I don't know why. I will never, no matter what you try to convince me that he doesn't have a good O-line or good wide receivers, he still throws an extreme amount of picks and just does not look good. So, regardless, with what they do with that pick, I don't know. I don't know if there's a quarterback that you could take it to that you would want to take there. Yeah, because like you said, that they need offensive linemen and that Penny Sewell kid's apparently the biggest can't-miss tackle of this generation. So um, we'll talk more about that later on. Before we move on to uh, two more topics that we'll talk about. Hang on, I want to say something really quick. Yeah. I have two more things. I saw a like a tweet earlier today 
I don't know if you saw it. It was from our podcast account. Uh, Saban's recruiting. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Thing. The fact that he has been able to go to every recruit that he's ever talked to and say, if you stay your time at Bama, you are guaranteed a championship ring. Cause that's essentially what would have happened if every single recruit he's ever talked to stayed at Bama for like a, a three to four years. That's insane. How do you even match that as a recruiter? It's longer than that, bro. I mean, it's longer than that. I mean, I saw some people like arguing today. Like, well, Alvin Kamara was there for his freshman year, but then left. But just his freshman year, that's what I'm saying. You have to stay there. If everyone would have stayed there for, like, the length of eligibility before draft. So, like, for three years. Yeah, so he's won championships. Not even the last couple years, dude. He's won championships 03 at LSU. So, okay, that was LSU. Bama, 09, 11, 12, 15, 17, and 2020. He, the longest span he's gone at Bama without winning a national championship since, since he won his first one was be, before this most previous one. He won one in 2017. So that's still only three years. That's technically only two. Dude, could you imagine growing up? Like, like we started, like, getting really into college football, like, when I was in high school, like probably around, like, 06, 07 when Chase Daniel was huge in Mizzou. Since that time, Bama's won six national championships. Could you even – like, would that even be fun? Like is that is is it fun as a Bama fan? Do you think? I, I yeah, I think it'd be incredible. I mean, you saw what Tuscaloosa looked like on Monday night. That's insane, like crazy that that, that even happened uh, with everything going on. One, but yeah, two, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with everything going on, that just blows my mind. It, but you know what? That's like I missed that. I got I got so happy seeing that because like what I could do, what I would do to like go back and like watch a blues game at a bar surrounded by people or go to a fucking Cardinal game surrounded by people. Like that was awesome seeing that. So congrats to them. But yes, I do think that it's still fun for them. Cause I mean, obviously you're winning the championship. Okay. And the last thing before we move on is Nick Saban, the greatest college football head coach of all time. I mean, yeah, he absolutely. He's, how many championships is that? Six? Seven. Seven. So he won seven. Seven at two different schools. Okay. Two different schools. What about Bear Bryant, who coached at Alabama? He won six national championships. So he just passed Bear Bryant. Yeah, exactly. Which is why they were like, I think why ESPN and everyone was saying that he's the best college football coach now of all time, passing Bear Bryant because he has seven. I mean, Nick Saban, though, like, he doesn't even look excited to win him anymore. 
He was he he did cry last night, which surprised me. Probably because he knows he's going to be done soon. But he's sixty nine years old. Going on, he'll be he just turned sixty nine. Nice in October on Halloween. That's insane. He does not look sixty nine years old. He's sixty. He just turned sixty nine. His birthday's on Halloween, so he'll be seventy next year. I think he comes back. Man, to be honest with you, I think he probably wants one more go around with fans in the stadium, like a full blown packed house in the stadium. Hopefully, we get that next football season. But uh, yeah, dude. I mean, you want to hear his? Uh, his we'll, we'll run through real quick his coaching uh, history. Started in 1973. He was a GA at Kent State. By the way, with our boy Gary Pinkle. You know him, Gary Pinkle were coaches together at Kent State. Yep. Um, and he was the linebackers coach in 75. They went to Syracuse to coach the linebackers in 77. West Virginia to coach DBs in 78. Ohio State to coach DBs in 1980. Was at Navy for a year coaching DBs in 1982. Michigan State defensive coordinator from 83 to 87. Went to the NFL for a year, coached the Houston Oilers DBs. Then went back to Toledo, or, or went to Toledo as the, I guess, the head coach at Toledo for 1990. Then jumped back to the NFL. 91 and 94 as the Browns defensive coordinator. Then went to Michigan State as the head coach from 95 to 99. Then to LSU from 2000 to 04 as the head coach. Won a national championship there. Then to Miami Dolphins for two years, 05 to 06, which he fucked us on Drew Brees. And then Alabama since 2007. And when he took over Alabama, guys, by the way, they were not a fucking juggernaut. I mean, that's just insane. The amount of places that he's been and things that he's, like, coached, incredible. Um, I will say, I do want to mention about Monday night, college football championship, before we move on. Uh, We put out some bets that were less than stellar. Sorry, you guys, for putting you in the wrong, and we haven't been that great lately. But... I do want to preface that by saying nobody could have predicted how that game could have went. I don't know if you saw our stats that I put out um, on Twitter, but Mac Jones had his best college game ever, ever on Monday night through the most passing attempts all year long. Like that game was just weird from the get go. So nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Travis said like, we haven't been great. We started off 2021, like, Week one of the NFL, we started out great. We've been a little on a slide since then. Put out some college basketball plays tonight, which put a unit on each of those. They're looking pretty good. Um, so we're gonna get better. I mean, the college the the week one of the wild card weekend wasn't we we did terrible two three and one each against the spread. We'll get better, and that's what we're gonna do in the, in the Jenner's digest. Real quick before we jump into that, let's talk about the Deshaun Watson stuff. Obviously, it's a big topic of discussion, even for us, because he's been rumored to go to Miami. So, Travis, in your – realistically – honestly don't even know about rumors anymore. Realistically, do you see him getting traded? No, I don't. I really don't. I think that the team, like the, the physical team and his teammates love him too much, and they will be absolutely furious if he gets traded. Um, I know that the team hasn't been great, or they weren't great this year. They're a pretty decent team, um, but they will be pissed. And he is a good quarterback. It's very good, actually. Uh, there's no way that the if the management wants to trade him, they're stupid. I don't see it happening either, but apparently he said he's going to hold out. 
Um, if he doesn't get traded, he's very – now, granted, the whole reason why this happened, they hired a new GM that he didn't agree with, and he was told by ownership that he would be involved in decisions when they gave him that massive contract, which when you're the quarterback face of the franchise, I do not disagree with. You should be involved in those in those, in those decisions. But what I'm saying is um, they didn't interview the – just interview the fucking candidate that he wants to get interview, and then they're like, yeah, we're not going to view Eric Bieniemy." You mean you're not going to interview the guy that's led the top offense in the league for the past three years to be your head coach? Like, fuck off. Now they're finally getting an interview request with them. But all of people are saying that it's too late. Like he's either going to take, like, maybe the Jacksonville job. There's He's rumored to the yeah. Jets. Like, well, you guys don't really want me. You're only doing it for, for – to, just to make Deshaun Watson happy. So I don't yeah. really want to take this seriously. So I don't blame it. I really don't think he goes anywhere, though. I don't think anything comes of it. It's just, you know, off day. What can we make go around the NFL? All right, Travis, real quick before we jump in, because obviously our Dolphins are rumored. What is a realistic trade that you would do to get Deshaun Watson? And what is some of the shit that we've seen on social media? Like the one trade you, first of all, lead off with the trade that you saw on Twitter of one guy, a Houston Texans fan, what they would need for Miami to get Deshaun Watson. This is laughing. Yeah. This guy said that, the Texans would need, first of all, just for Deshaun Watson, the Texans would need Tua, both of our first round, both of the Dolphins' first round picks this year. Three and 18. Three, number three and 18. They're 2022 first, they're 2023 first. Uh, Eric Flowers, who's a guard, and Xavier Howard. <laughs> now, that is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. I think to replace Deshaun Watson, one, you're doing them. If they're getting rid of them, you're doing a favor by taking that contract off their yep. hand. But I think a young quarterback that is on his rookie deal doesn't have a big contract. So say Tua and then a first round draft pick this year and a first round draft pick next year would do it. And that's it. Maybe like realistic. Maybe maybe like another player that we don't really need that it's like No, I don't think so. I don't think for a young, maybe if you're trading an old quarterback, but for a young quarterback, you're doing that and two first. I think that's all he's worth with that big contract. I think it's fair too. And if the Dolphins do any more than that, I'll be pissed. If they do that, I'll be happy. But I think that's fair to for a fair trade. Real quick, he's been urban Miami. Anywhere else you think that could potentially trade for him? Detroit? I don't know where he wants to go because he does have his no trade clause. I think it would be a place where he obviously – want to hang out i'm thinking a warm or tropical place maybe like san francisco yep. um that might that's probably gonna maybe san francisco maybe and i'm talking deep stretch carolina dude really that's a that's crazy so those are the two exact spots that i was thinking yeah those are my only two places i think he'd want to go outside yeah. of my carolina him with uh cmc would be deadly yeah that'd be wild yeah so Deshaun Watson, we don't think he's going anywhere. If if top three spots, obviously Miami, San Francisco, and Carolina, probably. Um, but then at then then at that point, San Francisco has to move Jimmy G, um, which I don't think will be hard. Not a big deal because he's been less than stellar. Yeah. So anyway, guys, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that intro. Just us shooting this shit back again. Um, we're gonna roll into to the degenerate digest, Ugh. talking about divisional rounds. Doing it a little differently, putting a little spin on it. So we'll catch you after uh, this music.
All right, this week's Degenerates Digest, we are coming to you guys, hopefully, with a little bit of a revamped version so that we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. We are going to talk about all four games, give, I guess, the way we're leaning on that game, but we're also not going to force ourselves to make a pick on that. We're going to give you our picks, just how we like them. can be a teaser, parlay, can be straight up, whatever you want. Um, But we're going to talk about each game for you. And just kind of throw out our picks as we go. So let's start with the Saturday game at 3.35. It is Rams at Packers. Packers are seven-point home favorites in the over-under. It's six and a half now. Is it six and a half? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Six and a half-point favorites, and the over-under is 45 and a half. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't – just spoiler alert, I don't have a pick, like, straight up in this game on my card. Um and it's tough to lean which way because the Packers are ten are ten and six against the spread. The Rams are ten and seven now with their playoff game last weekend. Um, the over under is hard to pick because Jared Goff's got a fucked up thumb. I don't think uh, Wolford's going to be back, and honestly, their offense looked better with him in there. If I had to lean one way here, I'd lean Packers minus six and a half, but I don't I don't like it very much. I think the Packers win this game very easily, though. That's just my opinion. Yeah, so I do have a pick on this game, and it is going to be a first half pick. It is the Packers minus three and a half in the first half doing two units on it. Um, Aaron Rodgers is 12, seven and one against the spread in the playoffs in his career. So not horrible, but I think the seven is too much to lay with this game kind of scares me a little bit. I do think the Packers will win minus four going to the half seems confident. I know Aaron Rodgers has a tendency at least this year uh, to like kind of take off or fall off in the second half, not be as aggressive they're going to want to come out firing at home. Um, Jalen Ramsey, on the other hand, don't think he's going to be able to shut down Devontae Adams. I really don't. I think that the Rams are a little overrated, and so is Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, you know, the the Packers' weapons are kind of limited. I mean, that's the biggest thing you hear from their fan base. They don't like MVS. They don't like um, – what's the other kid they have there? Well, they like Lazard. A lot of people love Lazard. Yeah, but then they have the Quanius St. Brown kid – um, so in, in Rogers loves Adams and he absolutely loves him. I think Aaron Jones has a tough time getting the, getting the ball going in this game because the Rams D line is legit. Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald are problems, but what they honestly didn't shut down Chris Carson. I mean, Chris Carson had a decent game. I think he had like 70 something yards on 20 carries, which I mean, it's not great, but it's not bad at the same time. When you consider the Packers offensive line is solid. Also Aaron Donald got hurt. And apparently it is a it's his ribs, something new with his ribs. And he's going to have to get that shot that Tyrod Taylor had to get where the doctor fucked up and punctured his lung. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> don't like that one bit. So yeah, Aaron Donald's on hundred um, percent. I don't really think, I think that they'll be able to, to play around him anyway. Even if he does play, I think Aaron Rodgers is smarter. Packers are smarter, but anyway, minus three and a half first half is my play on that one. So the next game, only two games on Saturday because there's four games this weekend, is 7-15. Ravens at Bills. Bills are two-point favorites, and the over-under is 50. So it's actually two and a half now. It doesn't matter, whatever it is. Um, I actually do have a play in this game straight up. I do as well. And my play is Bills minus two and a half. All right, we have conflicting picks because mine is Ravens money line. Ooh. One unit plus one fifteen. 
Okay. Mine is also for one unit. Bill's minus two and a half. Um, I like this lower spread much better than the six and a half they had last weekend. But if they don't cover, then you'll see later that I have a few different ways where they can save you. Um, Bottom line is the Bills have not lost a game since the Hale Murray, which was on November 15th, and that was a fluke. Before that, they hadn't lost since October 19th to Kansas City. So they've been just red hot. I don't see – the Ravens offense didn't press me enough on on Saturday, Sunday – Sunday that they can outscore this bill this Bills offense. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See, I think it's going to come down to defense. I know that we're in a day and age. Obviously, National Championship Monday Defense. If you have a defense, then you're going somewhere. And I think the Ravens' defense is way better than the Bills. I think the Bills' run just ends here. They gave it a good go. You know, they made the playoffs last year. They can win a playoff game this year. But I think it ends. Um, I just think that their defense is very hit or miss. Lamar Jackson figuring it out on his legs uh, and on the ground. The Bills, like, front seven, I don't think is that great. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I just really don't see it. Um, on the other hand, the Ravens secondary is pretty decent. Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, uh, Jimmy Smith, all those guys. And the Bills only have one way to go, and that's through the air. They're, they have nobody to run the ball through. And even if they do figure something out on the ground, the Ravens front seven is awesome too. So I just had the Ravens winning this one. Just for value, plus 115. Also, I think a lot of people are going to be hammering that Bills line, and Vegas doesn't lose. Yeah. I mean, I don't love it, but I have the Bills in my Super Bowl, so I can't. I mean, I know you got to ride it, and that's, I mean, that's how we, I was last week with the Steelers. Yeah. I, can't. I just think that, I think that that line, and you already said it's up to two and a half. People are going to be laying a lot of money on the Bills. Yeah. If you are going to lock in the Bills, do it early. Um, is that the only play you have the Ravens in? Because I have the Bills on a few other things. That um, I do have. I have them in two other things actually. But so that that's probably the one game we're probably leaning different on, which is fine. It happens. We want to give you guys a variety of picks. You choose who to back. Um, roll into the Sunday game. Sunday at two o five. Again, they have weird times with these comp with these divisional round games. Um, it's a game that I'm very much looking forward to. You got the Browns at the Chiefs. We're, depending on where you look at, the Chiefs are nine and a half, ten point favorites. We're just going to go ahead and assume ten because that's where we, uh, that's where our book I has see it. Ten everywhere I look. Yeah, Chiefs is my, Chiefs are minus ten, and the over under is fifty seven. I have a way. I mean, I actually do have a straight up play in this game, but I'll let you kick it off. As do I. I have Browns plus ten. Same. Only doing one unit on it though. Same. Uh, just, just kind of trying to keep them low, not trying to get burnt on a game, even though lat. Uh, on Sunday, was it on Sunday or Saturday, whatever they played? Sunday. Sunday night. I know I said that they stand no chance to win this game, and I, I'll stand behind that. I really don't think they do. But a double-digit spread is going to be tough to cover in the playoffs when you're playing this scrappy Browns team. 
Worst case scenario, I see the Chiefs up lower double digits late and the Browns back to recover. That's worst case scenario. Um, I've been burned just way too many times on Kansas City, like playing sloppy games, coming out, not looking good to bet them on a 10-point spread. I mean, I'm sure it'll be just my luck the time I bet against them when rooting against them where they go off. But Browns plus 10, way too easy to not take. Yeah, I agree here. And if your book has a nine and a half, buy, buy the hook to 10 just to be safe because that's a touchdown field goal. Um, I also have only one unit on it. I mean, at the end of the day, Kansas City seven and nine against the spread this year. And I know Cleveland's not much better. They're seven and 10. But, um, see, but- I saw that too. I want to interject. The one thing I can back that up with, and it might sound shitty to back up Cleveland's and not Kansas City's. Cleveland, a lot of their spreads have been like three, four, like they're usually not used to being favorited with the spread. Kansas City, on the other hand, is. And it's double digits. Like I've seen numerous Kansas City fans that I went to college with that I follow on Twitter that do not feel comfortable with this spread. Like, are they confident they're going to win the game? Sure, but but they're not comfortable with the spread. Also, last five years, Kansas City's five and four against the spread in playoff games. I know that's technically winning, but that's not really convincing for me, especially when it's double digits. Ten is a lot of points. And this Browns team can do one thing that I think can really hold the Kansas City offense at bay, and that's run the ball through Nick Chubb. That's what they're going to have to do to fucking keep this game close. And it's Kareem Hunt's homecoming. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't kick, kick girl in a fucking Kansas City hotel or something like that. So Hopefully not. Maybe throw a uh, party. But I, I, I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans talk shit on him this week. I get it. You're probably salty, but – the dude actually seemed to have turned his life around. So you got to, you got to cheer for the guy a little bit, I think. Yeah, I guess. Not a fan of him. Like Nick Chubb a lot more. So I'd rather see him have a 100 yard game. Yeah. Um, both got rounds plus 10. Let's lead into the last game. I don't have a play just on this game straight up. I want to. I'm leaning one. I might throw it out there while, we, while we're doing this. So who knows? Sunday at 540, Bucks at Saints. Saints are three point favorites, and the over under is 52. So I don't, and I just forgot. I have so I told Travis, Travis asked me for the podcast, like how many picks do you have? I was like, I have seven picks, and I got two half unit value picks. My one half unit value pick is Brown's money line plus three eighty five. That's pure value. Throw five ten bucks on it. My other value pick is in this game, and it's Bucks money line plus one fifty. I don't even think that's good enough value to take with this game just to like throw some on it. Um, if I were to lean away, I would lean Saints just because I do not see the Saints winning this game. When I initially Bucks. thought this was going to play out, I thought the Bucks were going to play the Packers. And that's why I thought the Bucks money line this weekend was going to be good. Uh, but I just, I think the Saints defense has stepped it up and I don't know where the fuck it came from, but Tom Brady I know he's getting old. I know it's him in the playoffs, but this Saints defense is legit. They are. This should be a fun matchup. Like I said, these are pure value bets that I say. That's the only way I lean in this game. I got a, literally, guys, a half unit. So if your unit's 10 bucks, bet $5 on Brown's money line and $5 on Bucks money line. If you want the unit's 100. <laughs> then bet 50. Because if you're, if your unit's 100, you, uh, you are a high roller. Um, I'm going to be straight up, I'll be transparent with these folks. I'll be, I'll be transparent with them. My units probably felt about 15 bucks. <laughs> I'll be transparent as fuck. I don't give a fuck. Hey, we are standard men that work very average 
jobs, so we can't afford hundred dollar units. So yeah, so I'm saying like if you go, you're gonna judge me around a fifteen dollar unit. I'm an average. I'm the. We are the average Joe gamblers. Like we're not like the the big cats, the Daves of the world whose whose units probably thousands. I mean, I'll watch a game and I'll care as if I have a hundred dollars on it because to me, twenty dollars seems like a hundred when I'm gambling on a game. So that's what I'm saying. So that's why, like, that's my value bet is half unit on Browns money line plus plus three eighty five. Like, that is worth throwing a half unit down on plus three eighty five. And then Um, Bucks is probably what like one forty one fifty. 150. All right. Like I said, if I were to lean away, I'd do Saints, but I'm not going to throw out a pick. Um, I do have a teaser. I have two extra picks throughout for you guys. I have a teaser that I'm going to put out there. It is a 7.1. It is, here it goes, Packers pick them, which we both like the Packers to win. Ravens plus nine, because I think that even if my money line doesn't hit, nine double-digit game in that. Like that. Cover, cover your ass. Yeah. Browns plus 17. That's a whole lot of points. Um, and then, like I said, I like Saints minus three, but I'm going Bucks plus 10 on this one. And this is a plus 200 teaser, throwing one unit on it. Packers okay. pick, Ravens plus nine, Browns plus 17, Bucks plus 10. So you're doing all four games. I, I'm realizing I missed some, I missed some, some picks in here, but whatever, I'll, I'll get them all. I also have an NFC. I have an NFC and an AFC teaser. So both uh, both NFC games, both AFC games. My NFC teaser is a seven point teaser. It's minus one thirty, so the odds aren't great, but I think it has a good shot of hitting. It's Packers either money line or plus a half, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It's the same fucking shit. Um, Packers uh, plus a half and Bucks plus ten. I got two and a half units. On that one, I'm very confident that even if the Saints do win and the Bucks don't lose, there's no way the Bucks lose lose by more than ten points, right? I think I feel like that's gonna be a close game to bitter end. You wouldn't think so. I mean, I have Bucks plus ten in mind. So then again, like very last yeah. game, my my teaser could be damn ruined by then. But yeah. I do like that. And yeah. then I'll go ahead. I'll do my next one. Uh, my next one is a money line parlay. Parla. It is the Ravens, Packers, Saints, plus 357. I mean, that's pretty decent. Ravens, Packers, Saints, plus 357. One unit on that. Damn, dude. So So are you done with all your picks? That's it for me. I have five. So so rattle, rattle them off for the folks again. Yeah, so I got Packers first half, minus three and a half. That's my pick. Ravens money line plus 115. Got Browns plus 10. And then my seven point teaser is Packers, Ravens, Browns, Bucks. It's plus 200. And then my money line parlay is Ravens, Packers, Saints. So do have a lot riding on the on the Ravens, but I think that's one game that if anything, I I feel confident that that could be the closest of the of the weekend. Okay. You got two big so, but in reality, if Ravens don't, if Raven, if the Ravens don't win, they can still cover in that teaser, and that'll probably make up for your money line and money line parlay. Correct, because that teaser, if it if all hits, is plus two hundred, so that will literally break even. Okay. If the Ravens don't win. So I told you my NFC teaser, which is Packers money line and Bucks plus ten, two and a half units. I have an AFC teaser. It's it's a uh, seven point. It's plus one fifty. 
It's Browns plus 17, Bills plus four and a half, which well, Bills plus four and a half and Travis's could still hit. I mean, that game is going to be close. And then Bills Ravens over 43. I feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Um, one and a half units on that. Um, you guys already know I had Bills minus two and a half one unit, Browns plus 10 one unit. I also like the Rams team total under of 20. So minus 125. I'm doing a unit and a half on that. Rams scored 30 points against Seattle, against a weak Seattle defense. Seven of those were a pick six. Weather looks really bad in Green Bay. Apparently it's supposed to snow and be shitty. Uh, Jared Goff's thumb doesn't pair well with that. So Rams team total under 21 and a half units. I also I, – I, are, are you done? No, I have two more. Jesus. I told you I had seven picks. Packers, Bills, Moneyline Parlay, which doesn't go well with Travis's at all, plus 135, unit and a half. And I like the Kansas City Cleveland first half over 28, one unit. Wow. See, I'm adding one. I'm adding a pick in here just because so I can have uh, six picks. I'm having a seven point teaser, and it is going to be Browns plus 17. Why don't you do Chiefs? No, not doing that. Uh, no. No, not doing it. Browns plus 17, under 64. That's a lot of points in an NFL game. It is. It, it is. really is. And so I think and I think that the, the Browns are going to have to stop the Chiefs if they want to, you know, keep this within 20. Like, it's not going to be a score fest. If it's a score fest, they're going to get blown out. Yeah, so that's why I did Casey Cleveland first half over. Because I feel like the first half is going to be like a lot of points. They're probably going to go back and forth, but then both defenses will, will probably get it dialed in. Was it 27? 28 first half over. 28, which I mean, if you they score 30 points, score 30 in the second half, under 64 still hits. So I'm well, kind of have, under four Browns plus 17 on the other hand. If, if that game's a blowout, then fuck Ohio fans and they deserve to be embarrassed. Um. Man, we that that Bills Ravens game is conflicting on us. We do, guys. We guys, we have some conflicting picks. Nope, sorry. Hang on, changing the Chiefs minus three to cover my ass. I, was gonna say, I don't want three different picks riding on Browns to cover. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We might as well. So, um, we'll tweet out, <laughs> we'll the tweet out if we're confusing you. I know it's a, a lot, but we wanted to not pigeonhole ourselves. I think we've got a lot of value here. Travis's money line, like, I'll probably still ride Travis's money line parlay because what'd you have? You had Packers. Saints, Ravens. And if that all hits, that covers me on Bill's money line parlay, covers me Bill's minus two and a half, and it also covers me in my half unit on the Bucks. So yeah, because it's plus 357. That's what I'm saying. Like, guys, like, you can still have opposing picks and hedge yourself. Like, it may not be a bad idea to take everything we do, or it could all go, we can go oh for fucking 16 or whatever it is. But that's not going to happen. I feel really confident. we got a couple teasers couple straight up picks i got a team under moneyline parlay a first half over travis has a first half line like we got we got we got some some good picks for you this weekend yeah so hopefully pick up you know get stuff that we like in there some different shit rather than just keeping it game per game so that's that um i think that's all we have for episode 106 check out everything coming up and uh yeah we'll see you guys on the flip side easy. Happy wedding.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 